Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID, an oral history project. I started this project during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who is a Black American who sadly lost their life during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, author and anthropologist, to record the experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture, or the Schomburg, or the Library of Congress's Folklife Museum. I'll share a little bit about me and my family history, and then I'll speak to my guests. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. His ancestors were enslaved in Georgia. In fact, we still have our family's slave name, which is Kilbrew. My dad, Dr. Terrence Kilbrew, met my mom in graduate school at the New School in New York when they were both earning their master's degrees in psychology. And I'm a fourth generation teacher. So my mother is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher on the island of Jamaica for 20 years and then in New York for 20 years. My great-grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married. She was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a married woman to continue working in the late 1800s. And ironically, my mother began teaching long after she got married in the late 1900s. So, Without further ado, I'm excited to speak with my guest today. Uh, my name is Arian Cobham. Uh, I originally grew up in Queens, Jamaica, Queens. And uh, right now I live in Chicago. Thank you. And I like to say how we know each other. So we basically grew up together. <laughs> like our moms yeah. are really good friends. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've basically known you since I was born. So <laughs> yeah, we're in the same Montessori and then fourth and fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. I feel like this is like a mini reunion, um, especially with the pandemic, not being able to see people. Yeah. Um, I, the last time I saw you was like right before the pandemic started. Okay, a couple of weeks. <laughs> that's right, at Ricky's funeral. Yeah. Was it January? Uh, I think I think it was February. I think it was February 29, 2020. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's right. I remember my mom would go to the hospital with your mom and they had to put on all the like all that special hospital like gowns and masks. And this is before the pandemic. I was like, wow, it sounds really serious. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about your experience during the pandemic. Oh, and I was wondering, how do you identify as Black or African-American or Caribbean-American? Uh, 
kind of all of the above. Like when you when you sent that, I was like, ah, kind of all of it. Um, I know when I was growing up, uh, I, I, you know, because of the neighborhood and kind of what we did, I, I identified a little bit more as like kind of Caribbean. Um, but as as I've gotten older, um, you know, I definitely identify a lot more as kind of um, Latin American. Um, and then, you know, I've just kind of always just been like, yeah, I'm black, obviously. If someone looks at me, they're not going to be like, oh, your parents are from Central America. So I've, I've kind of always identified as, as black um, and African-American just because it kind of goes along with that. And can you talk about your ancestry? Because you mentioned they're from Panama. Yeah, both um, both my parents were born in Panama. Um, I think further back, uh, my family's from Barbados and Jamaica, um, but they're at least like a couple generations in Panama. I still have a lot of cousins and um, aunts and uncles that live there that I that I talk to sometimes. So. Oh wow, I didn't know that. And now I'd like to hear whatever you'd like to share about living or working during the pandemic. And if you could just start in 2020 and tell us what life was like then in 2021 and then today. Yeah, sure. Um, 2020, uh, like when the pandemic started, we had basically just gotten back from like a vacation um, with the kids. With a, like I have, I have at the time, I had two kids, not three. Um, but we had just gotten back from a vacation. And then maybe like the next week or two uh, was when everything shut down. Um, <clears throat> and so that, like that first six months was difficult just because like I was still working um, and working remotely wasn't really a problem because, you know, I, I'm a computer programmer, so like I can do it from anywhere. And so that wasn't a big deal. And at the time, at the time, I wasn't even like actually doing program. I was like more of a manager. Um, so I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule. But when the kind of the kids school shut down, um, that was really difficult because, you know, my wife and I were trying to juggle, you know, working. She's a she's a, um, a clinical psychologist. And so she she had to kind of figure out how to do her sessions with her patients over Zoom. Um, I was mostly doing a lot of stuff over Zoom because my team was distributed anyway. But uh, having to do that while at the same time having to help my kids with their schoolwork and make sure that they were actually doing stuff. Um, and they were, you know, my son at the time, he was three. And so he wasn't like he didn't he wasn't really working independently yet. Um, he was in like a, you know, like a pre, pre-K kind of um kind of classroom my daughter was in kindergarten and so even though my daughter you know she was a good student she liked school she liked paying attention and she had a couple of years of that routine already you know kind of ingrained so she knew what to do you know I would still you'd still catch her like um that was that was probably the time when she really started using devices because we had been mostly limiting it but she was always on ipad zoom calls with her friends and her teachers and so, you know, then I started seeing her. She got comfortable with it really quick. So I started seeing her. She's like texting her friends while the teacher's talking. So like, even though we didn't have to like really stay on her, um, we still had to pay attention to what she was doing. Um, and so having to do that while still mostly being expected to do the same amount of work that I was always doing. Um, and, you know, I was working for a startup. It was kind of, you know, it was kind of like the foundations of it were kind of shaky. 
even though it should have been in a good position because it was like an educational company that does like um, educational software, which, you know, was really getting really big because everybody needed it because everybody was home. Um, you know, there was a lot of, it was like a lot of pressure and being pulled in a bunch of different directions for, for me and my wife. Um, <clears throat> and so that, that was really difficult and we managed to finish the school year, but then, you know, during the summer, um, that was in some ways, a lot of ways, even more difficult because at that point we had to figure out what to do with the kids and they didn't have the structure of school. They were just home hanging out all the time. Um, they, you know, there weren't any camps or anything like that that you could really send them to. So we had to like really figure out a structure for them and everything. Um, so like that was, you know, from when, when did the quarantine start? Like uh, March through March through September. It was kind of juggling that and, and trying to do things. Um, and then uh, like once the school year started back up in 2020, then things got a little bit better. They were going back to school. I still had to like kind of break off work early every day to go pick them up because they weren't doing any after school stuff. They weren't doing any like weekend activities. Um, so just in general, it was just a lot of a lot of juggling stuff and, and having to deal with that. Um, you know, we were really good about uh, not really not really doing anything, I guess, like not really going to any social activities um, because we, we really wanted to stay safe. There wasn't a vaccine yet. And plus we were worried because of you know, the kids. Um, and so that school year, you know, went by pretty well. Um, it wasn't, you know, it was difficult with the kids having to wear masks in school. Uh, we were still getting used to wearing masks and like, my kids were wearing it all day. So like way more than me, because I, like throughout the pandemic, I've been working from home. So mm -hmm. I haven't really needed to, I haven't really needed to leave the house a ton. Um, you know, I, you know, if I go to, you know, go to Costco or go to Target and stuff like that, but I haven't, I haven't needed to be out the house every day the way my kids and my wife have. Um, so it's been a little bit different for me because I, I had to like figure out how to turn the basement bedroom into like a real office that I could use and actually get work done. Um, like my previous job, it was mostly meetings anyway. So I could, you know, I had to try and go for a walk during the meeting so I could get outside and get some sunlight and some exercise. Um, you know, so it, for me, it's been a lot of trying to figure out how to do these things that I already had in my schedule before and figuring out how to do that in, a, in the context where I'm not literally leaving home as much. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and so that was, um, that was 2020. Um, toward like the very end of 2020, once the vaccine and everything came out, my wife, uh, one of her jobs is like part-time at a hospital uh, or at a place that's affiliated with the hospital here in Chicago. And so she, she got the vaccine really early. Like she got her second dose at like the beginning of January, 2021. And so, you know, she felt pretty good about it. Um, I didn't get, I didn't get fully vaccinated until like, I didn't get my second shot until like April. And I, I tried to get it as quickly as I could. Um, but, you know, we started feeling a little bit better about, I mean, we weren't doing anything social really, but at least, you know, it wasn't as scary to like, if you got to go do something outside or if you have to be around some people, um, you know, we, bought a bunch of like I think at that point maybe we started buying like better masks instead of like the cloth masks we were wearing like the N95 or, or you know the KN95 or something like that that's a little offered a little bit more protection 
um, that might have been around the time we got the kids to start wearing them too. Um, and so that, and, you know, finishing up that school year was fine. You know, we didn't, we didn't get to travel or anything like that. Uh, you know, the stuff that we would usually do, uh, the kids still weren't doing any activities in the beginning of that year. Um, and then in the beginning, the first, I think like the end of, I think the end of April in 2021, I quit my job because I was, it was getting to the point where I was kind of miserable there. I didn't really like the direction things were heading. And um, so I like kind of quit my job then, took a month off and then uh, started working at my current job, um, which is an, it's another startup. But, you know, the, the team was a lot better. The hours are a little bit, I mean, more people there have like young kids. And so they kind of understand that Sometimes I have to leave early to go get them. Sometimes I have to, you know, be out because one of them is sick. Or, you know, they might pop up on camera during a meeting and it's not really a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. And so 20, 2021 was a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit like less, I don't know, um, isolated, I guess. You know, we'd be, you know, we'd let the kids do stuff in it. There's a lot of other kids around the same age as mine in the neighborhood. So we could let them do stuff. Um, and I think last summer, uh, yeah, that summer, 2021, we actually let them do a camp um, at one of the, uh, this place where they had gone to, same place where they had gone to like daycare when they were younger. Mm -hmm. um, and that place is also affiliated with like a hospital here. So they had like really good procedures in place. They made sure they were outdoors a lot of time. And that was good because they got to like actually socialize a little bit more. Um, I mean, they were already doing some of that at school, but they didn't have to spend the summer just like with us. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really good. And we tried that summer, I think we tried to really get out a lot. Um, you know, we'd go to the, the Arboretum and, you know, cause it's outdoors mm -hmm. and stuff like that. We'd go to um, just whatever, whatever kind of outdoor stuff, we try and do that. And I tried to, I was trying to like teach my kids to learn how to ride a bike so that we could go ride a bike together stuff like that. Um, so last summer was a lot better. And, you know, at the beginning of the summer, there was that hopefulness that like, oh, you know, it's warm people, like everybody was outside, maybe things get better. Like before that, that next wave, like I guess it must've been like the Delta or something um, mm -hmm. before that kind of swept through. And then, you know, things started getting worse again. So, you know, that was okay. And um, at the time my wife was pregnant um, and she had the baby in, July, July of last year, July 13th. And so um, that was like the biggest adjustment of last year. Um, I felt like with two kids, you know, we had two young kids, but they they had like, a good, we had like a good routine going. We knew what to do with them. They liked, you know, they could play with each other, they were old enough that they could play with each other without us having to like supervise them the whole time. And so, you know, it felt like they go to bed, we have time to ourselves to do other things and and the baby just kind of like obviously just changed everything um and so it was kind of it was kind of a difficult adjustment getting back to like oh you're not going to sleep as much you're not going to get to to do as much um and uh i mean we're still i feel like we're still adjusting to that but that we're you know we're kind of at the tail end of that where things are getting a little bit more routine now mm -hmm. um so that was that was a, probably the difficult part of last summer, and also like it was a little weird because 
you know, nobody really got to see my wife pregnant because we were inside the house all the time. Yeah. And then, yeah, and with the baby, nobody, until like pretty recently, people hadn't really seen him because um, we weren't taking him anywhere because uh, obviously he's not, uh, he's not vaccinated yet. And, um, you know, little baby and not always taking him outside a whole bunch. Uh, definitely not around like a crowd of people. So, um, so that was a little weird. And, and that's what the second half of last year, 2021, was a lot about adjusting to that and um, figuring out how it's going to work. Um, you know, the, the older kids have been great with him, but it's still, you know, so much that, so much that my wife and I have to do that, you know, we were out of, we were out of practice where we hadn't done it for like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that was it. And in the fall, I think toward the end of the summer, early fall, we started letting the kids go back to doing some of their activities. Um, you know, my, my son liked basketball. So we, you know, had him in a basketball class. My daughter, you know, she was in a dance class on Saturdays. We started letting them, um, started letting them do some of like the after school activities at school because we felt a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, they were good about it, mostly because it felt like people still, people were still wearing their masks pretty well then, it seemed. Mm-hmm. And the kids were, you know, our, our, my kids were pretty good about it too. Uh, they, they knew they had to have their mask on and they knew, they knew if they went to a birthday party and someone like blew out the handle on the cake, they weren't having any of that cake. Um, they kind of, they're just kind of used to those things. And so we mm-hmm. felt more comfortable, like letting them do more. And then like toward the end of the fall, like as soon, like, their school was really good. Cause basically as soon as the vaccination was available for younger kids, like the school had an event where they we could just take them there and they got, they got vaccinated. So they, they were both vaccinated by like December. Um, and then we felt even better uh, because, you know, we felt like they were a little bit safer, a little bit safer. Um, and the, so the main worry, the main worry then is the baby. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were still, we were still really limiting ourselves with what we were willing to do because we didn't want to one of us get sick and bring it home to the baby who's up, who's now the, like the only person in the house that wasn't vaccinated. Um, and so, you know, kind of the new job was going well, like everything was pretty much more laid back, less stressful. Um, but I still get to do something like pretty interesting for me. And I think, um, yeah, like the end of 2021 was just about adjusting to stuff like yeah. that. Um, 2022 has been, has been okay so far. Um, you know, the, the kids have kind of kept on with what they were doing. Um, school has been going well for them. They're used to it. They're used to wearing the mask and some of the like different limitations. I feel bad for them just because they don't get to do as much as they usually would. Mm-hmm. Um, but like things have kind of been, as far as like during the day, I guess things have kind of been the same for me for like the past two years. Um, and that gets, that gets really boring. Um, and I kind of, I'm at the point now where I miss a little bit, like getting to go to an office and see people and like, you know, I don't, I don't totally miss the commute, but I just miss being around, getting to be around people and like cracking jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, Zoom and Slack aren't, aren't really the same. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been most of this year. Um, and I feel like we're at the, I'm at the point now we're at the point now where things are a little bit getting to be a little bit more of a, a routine. So it's not as, 
it's not as difficult to manage like all three of them like we know like when we wake up like what we're doing and you know the kids like the older two have been like i i feel like they've been pretty great overall um just like their willingness to kind of roll with things and adjust to things and, um you know they kind of understand the stakes uh in a lot of ways um mm -hmm. so that that yeah that's been it so far that's most of it how old are they now um my daughter turned is seven she turns eight in august um my older son just turned six uh, a couple weeks ago and uh the baby's the baby's 11 months so. wow congratulations thanks and then, oh, and just, I was, I like to ask what a 24 hours was like in the pandemic. Is there a typical day? Like, did the kids get themselves up or did, did you and your wife get them up? Uh, usually my son, my older son, he wakes up first um, because he's, he just, he's always been kind of an early riser. So a lot of times he'll wake up at like six o'clock or so. Um, and sometimes he'll hang out for a little while. Sometimes uh, he and, he and my daughter share a room for now. And then the baby has his own room. And they, he'll like, usually he'll come in our room, um, see if we're awake, usually wake us up if we're not. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a school day, then, you know, they kind of start getting ready. I'll wake up, you know, get the, at that point by six o'clock or six fifteen or so, the baby's probably up. And so like, I'll get him, change him, uh, hand him off to my wife who will feed him. The kids kind of know how to get ready in the morning. So they'll wash their face, brush their teeth, get ready, and then go downstairs. And sometimes they'll, you know, make themselves some cereal. Sometimes they'll wait for you know, my wife to come and make breakfast for them. Um, you know, I'll shower, get dressed and go downstairs. And then uh, depending on the day, like sometimes, some days my wife will take the baby and I'll take the older kids to school. Uh, she'll take the baby to daycare and I'll take the older kids. Um, and then some days I'm taking the baby and she's taking the older kids. Um, and then from like, you know, 8.30, 8.30 to 9.30, I'm usually, uh, especially lately, I try and do something for myself. Like I, I took up, I started uh, in the fall, I, I took up like saxophone lessons because I'd always wanted to play saxophone. So I'll like, I'll either practice or, you know, I'll, I might work out. I might go like stretch or I, I'm just trying to do something for me between 8.30 and 9.30. And then uh, 9.30, 9.30, starting at 9.30, I'm working. Um, then until until whenever I have to go pick the kids up, generally. Um, and once they get home, they get home, start getting dinner ready. Um, they take a shower, get them to bed by like around 7.30 or 8 o'clock, um, get the baby to bed around the same time. And then you know, kind of me and my wife, you know, we have a little bit of time to talk and clean up and everything. And then, you know, by like 10 or 11 o'clock, we're kind of falling asleep. <laughs> at that point um you know try and do whatever else we have to do and that's that's kind of like a, a typical a typical day a typical weekday thank you arian and my mom so she talks to your mom a lot and she talks about how smart your kids are so i usually ask parents like they felt like their kids fell behind in school but my mom said your kids are always reading so like my daughter yeah my, and it's my my daughter kind of started like i don't know at some point at some point, once you realize that, like, all these, like, symbols and letters and everything, like, once they mean something, it kind of clicked. And she was, like, trying to read everything. 
Um, and so she was always, she's always been really good at that. And she'll like, she'll keep rereading the same book over and over. Like, I don't, I don't even know how, how or why she does that, but she'll keep doing that. Um, and my son, he's not the same with like rereading the same book, but if it's like a new book, he'll, he'll really like, like to dive into that, but he's not, he won't read as much as her. And yeah, I, I definitely don't feel like they've fallen. I feel, I don't feel like they've fallen behind academically at all. And like, I think their school has been really good at that. Um, you know, I, I wish my son had had more time in school before that's like the pandemic happened just so that he could get some of the same like routines and habits around school that my daughter had. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they've, I don't think they've fallen behind. I think, that, I think we've been really, really lucky with that. Yeah. Oh, and my last question is, is there anyone you'd like to memorialize who may have lost their life during the pandemic? Yeah, um, I guess two people and I, I can't really, neither of them, I don't think died because of COVID. Like I have, we've been, we've been really fortunate um, that I haven't really had any, any close relatives or um, friends or anything that, that passed because of COVID uh, or my wife, my wife either. Um, we've had friends that have had that, but, but nobody directly. Um, and like we were saying in the beginning, right at the beginning when COVID was, was kind of still floating around New York and um, when my cousin died, my cousin Ricky died, um, and I don't, as you know, it wasn't, he was, he had been in the hospital for, for months before then. And so my mother said something to me recently saying that like when he, his final like cause of death was due to COVID, but I don't, that was the first time I remember hearing her say anything like that. Uh, so I don't really know about that for sure. But, um, yeah, my, my cousin Ricky was like, uh, he was how much older, he was maybe like he was maybe like 15, 15, 18 or so years older than me. And so he was like, he was like that cousin or uncle that people have that would take you to do, take you to do all the things that like your parents wouldn't really want you doing or wouldn't let you do. Um, you know, he was, you know, he was the one that got me into comic books and James Bond movies and Star Wars. Like he was, he was that cousin um, for me. And so like when he died, he died at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and now, you know, that was kind of rough. And I, I've been in Chicago a long time, so I don't really, I don't really get to see a lot of my family and friends in New York as much. Um, so that, that's one good thing that kind of came out of it. Like there's much more willingness for people to hop on like Zoom or FaceTime. But, um, you know, I definitely, you know, I definitely miss him all the time. And then um, a couple months ago in uh, March, one of my best friends died. Um, and that was, that was because of a, a heart attack. Um, and he had had a couple of smaller heart attacks last year that, that probably weakened him a little bit. Um, and that was, that was pretty sudden, um, in, uh, in March, uh, my friend, Jason, Jason Ford, and he was, I don't know, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, it's still, it's still kind of hard to talk about, um, talk about him being gone because yeah. I still think about him all the time. So, yeah. um, and it's, it's kind of weird because those those two things kind of like bookended things, and those were like those are the last two times I was in New York, um, like right in like we said February of 2020, and then um, in March in March of this year. Um, so those are the two times I went to New York, and it was by myself for a funeral. Uh, so I'd really like to go to New York soon for like a different reason, um, to like see family or some see friends or something like that. Oh wow. <clears throat> 
Yeah, I, I think I just missed you. My mom and I went to the, the viewing for Jason. Um, so we saw like Sean was there, Shaka was there. A lot of people from prep were there. Yeah, I ended up getting there late because of, I was supposed to get into New York at like two o'clock or so, and I would have made it to the viewing in time, but uh, my flight got delayed a couple of times. And so I got there like right at the end of the viewing. Oh. So I got there for that. And then I went to the, the service the next morning. Um, with a few other people so wow. you know I still got to say goodbye but yeah wow I didn't realize that's sad the two times you came to New York for those two funerals yeah I definitely have to come back for nicer times I guess the, the flights are well airfares kind of skyrocketed I was I was looking to go to Jamaica and it's like a thousand dollars now so, whoa yeah. wow like we're <laughs> Um, and, you know, it's, it's difficult. Like, since I had started having kids, it's been difficult to go to New York. I've only been in New York, like, other than that, I've only been to New York, like, maybe two or three times since my daughter was born. Just because, um, you know, since my mother doesn't live there anymore, like, when it was just me and my wife that were going, it was easy because she had, you know, she had friends. Um, I had a couple friends that had places that we could stay. But once you have a kid, you don't really want to stay in somebody else's house like that. And, so like going now, we have to get like an Airbnb or a hotel or something. And, you know, it's just a little bit, it's a little bit more coordination. And, you know, going there means that we're not going on like, that means we're not going on like a different vacation. Um, so it's a little, yeah, it's, so it's, it's a little difficult to go there. But, you know, I'd like to, I'd like my kids to go there a little bit more and see like the family that they have there more. Um, like, cause, you know, a bunch of cousins and um aunts and everything that are still there so yeah I definitely want to do a get together with um people who I'm interviewing for the podcast I don't know if it's going to be like in a year it's a lot of people in prep for prep so it'd be nice for us to all get together and and just process because I feel like we're still processing the pandemic and we're still kind of in it so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird especially this year it's like since since like around the my kids spring break like february march it feels like everybody's just acting like it's over um but like we actually you know after dodging it for two years we we caught covid like the whole my whole family caught covid like a few weeks ago yeah um, and it just feels like this the current variant that's going around is catching like all these people that had managed to avoid it for for the past couple of years yeah um so yeah it, it is really weird because people are just like you know, I, you know, I go into somewhere and nobody's wearing masks and that that makes it harder to like get the kids to wear masks because they're like, well, nobody else is doing it. So, um, there definitely is a feeling like everybody's just acting like it's over and, you know, people still, people still getting sick, people still dying. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I got it in February. Um, yeah, people are still getting it, but, and people are acting like it's over. So yeah. Well, Thank you for your time, Arian. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to share? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Uh, It's it's been weird seeing my mother, you know, my mother's kind of experience once she's been in Panama and like the rules that they have in place versus the the rules that that the U.S. has had in place at different times. It's it's been kind of weird seeing some of that stuff. Yeah, I should try to interview her. That's right, because there are certain days that only men could go out and certain days only women could go out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sounded kind of ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
uh, she first said that to me, and I thought she had like misunderstood something. I was like, that can't can't be the rule. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I'll reach out to her. She's in Panama now. Or? Uh, she's actually she's actually going to be in New York on Monday. She's oh, New York I'll try to catch her. So you'll see her. <laughs> you'll see her. I'm sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Arian, for your time. I know it's your work day, so I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, no problem. I'll be in touch. Have a good day today. All right. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my conversation on this episode of Black America and COVID, an oral history project. If you enjoyed the episode, then please give it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. The more five stars the podcast has, the more visible it is, the more access I have to people who would like to share their story living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you are a Black American and you would like to share your experience with me, then email me at soniakilabrew at gmail.com. The email is in the show notes of the podcast. Or direct message me through my Instagram account, Black America and COVID, all one word, all lowercase. If you are a non-Black American and you would like to memorialize the life of a Black American sadly lost, during the COVID-19 pandemic, then email me as well. This episode was written, produced, and audio engineered by me, Sonia Jean Killebrew, podcast host and executive producer. Thanks for listening to my oral history project, Black America and COVID. <laughs>